Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. Ah, good morning, Americans. It's Monday. Yay! Ah, the best day of the week. I'm sorry? Best day of the week. Because, you know, you got that irritating, Uh obnoxious weekend behind you. Okay. Or you got nothing to do. You know, you wake up late. Uh Uh-huh. You're groggy and stuff, and you roll out of bed, and you don't have to go anywhere or do anything. It just sucks. What you want to do is get up at three and get your butt into the studio and yes. or wherever you work and and just start getting after it. Yeah. That's what you want. Yeah. That's what you want. So you're happy it's Monday. Oh, man. That's the hill you're going to die on. Couldn't be happier. All right. Could not be happier. Hmm. And we got a uh, ton of stuff. As always, it's, it's hard to know even where to be. I guess you have to begin with the Donald Trump cave. <laughs> yeah. One, 100%. Unequivocal cave. Removed any doubt that he is a true Republican because that's what they do. That's what they do. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I was moved by everybody telling me during the campaign, this guy won't cave. Mm -hmm. This is this is a guy who says what he means, means what he says. Oh, Uh, well, yeah, except when he doesn't. Mm -hmm. So um, (laughs) I'm really I mean, I. You saw it coming. It had, to, I guess, it had to happen that way. What else? How else was this going to end? And he was, you know, he was, he was in trouble. Yeah, but the good news is we get a do-over coming up uh, on three weeks. February fifteenth. We get to try all over three again. Weeks. We get to do it again. <laughs> it's it's pathetic. They should be made. There should be a constitutional amendment that you got to do a budget every year. You've got to do. A budget. Stop with these continuing resolutions. Stop with these three weeks band-aids. Stop with three month band-aids. Stop. Do a budget. Let's let's plan ahead. Let's be responsible human beings. Like we have to be in our home all the time. We we can't run our homes this way. We'd all be in bankruptcy court if we ran our homes like this. We'd be in jail. Mm-hmm. It, it's asinine it's it's lunacy and we just keep doing it and so you know they they had to get those people their paychecks and so they'll pay them now during these three weeks and then who knows three weeks from now it may shut down again i don't i don't think it will because i think the president uh understood that he lost this game this time i mean he must right (laughs) You've got to understand that he got his he got his butt kicked by Nancy Pelosi here. Although, you know, the hardcore it's like, oh you lose this. This was yeah, that was a tie. Yeah, the temperature <laughs> the temperature of the Twitter room this weekend uh, was more in the line of no, he caved. Oh okay, and, and then the other group was well, I think uh, he's playing four-dimensional chess. And, uh, I, oh, my God. Oh, I can't stand no. the four-dimensional chess no, people. He's, he's not doing that. <laughs> Come on. So, he is not playing <laughs> four-dimensional chess. No, Neither no. was George W. Bush. You know, Oh man, the thing that sucks, uh, oh, and I cannot man. help but continue to think, the Republicans had two years of the House and the Senate and the presidency. What did the Democrats do when they had that two-year window? Mm-hmm. They passed the freedom-sucking Obamacare that we're still dealing with today. Mm-hmm. All right? Republicans have two years, and what 
Seriously, that's what I ask people on Twitter. Give me a law. Don't tell me Gorsuch. Don't tell me Kavanaugh. Tell me a law that the Republican House, the Republican Senate, and the president gave us. Those he tax cuts. Well, those are temporary. Oh, well, if you're going to take this to Congress, they've given us nothing. That's what I'm saying. There's nothing. The Republicans, nothing. when they get power, do nothing. And then they yeah. wait until they're out of power in the case of the House and mm-hmm. then just bitch that you have to give us power back so we can go and fix this stuff. Oh, no, yeah. we gave it to you. You did nothing. You suck. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. So it's Monday and uh, it's a good happy day, right? Mm-hmm. Monday. Pesky weekend over. <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's madness. It's it's frustrating. Mm. It, it really is quite frustrating. Um, <sighs> but uh, but I I'm anxious to hear what Sean Hannity is going to say later on today. Anybody heard what Shan- Sean Hannity has to say yet? I will check his old Twitter check, right now. Check his tweets. Yeah, I'm I'd do love it. to love to see how this works into his uh, four dimensional Trump is perfect world. Uh, I'd love to. Actually, Lou Dobbs hmm? was pissed off. Lou Dobbs said he caved. And uh, hmm. in cave he did. So, uh, And, of course, Ann Coulter, who's one of his biggest critics now, was not pleased. Uh, let's see here. <clears throat> what, what's today? 28, 27, 26, yeah, it's 25. A 28. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just counting back here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe we'll have to wait till this afternoon to see. Cool. But uh, I'm anxious <clears throat> to see. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. He also uh, President Trump tweeted about uh, some Fox Fox News reporters in a negative way, which is amazing. He said, I, "I never thought I'd say this, but I think John Roberts and Jillian Turner at Fox have even less understanding of the wall negotiations than the folks at fake news CNN and, C- and NBC." Look to final results! Exclamation point. Don't know how my poll numbers are so good. So what? <laughs> They're not. What do you mean you don't know how your poll numbers are so good? Especially up 19% with Hispanics. Well, that's pretty amazing. That's great if that's true. Uh, but his poll numbers are as low as 36% from CBS now. There's 36% at CBS. They were 38% at ABC. The highest they were is uh, was 45%. He's nine points underwater in the in the highest poll. Um, but he may be right about Hispanics. He said, I just heard my poll numbers with Hispanics. I don't know what poll to, he's referring to. Uh, have gone up 19% to 50% approval with Hispanics. That's because they know the border issue better than anyone, and they want security, which can only be gotten with a wall. <clears throat> and that, you know, that part might be true. I... I, I know a lot of legal Hispanics who are more upset about the border situation than anybody else because they understand and they did it the right way and they really resent it when yeah. they see people pour across the border doing it the wrong way. And here in Texas, we've got <clears throat> legal Hispanics who are having their votes uh, diluted by almost 100,000 illegals um, voting here in this state. We learned over the weekend an investigation showed. Um, so it's good, right? I mean, we got, uh, it's not just the cost. It's also the, the, uh, the power of your vote is affected too. Yes. Um, I mean, everything's affected by this. Mm-hmm. About 95,000, of course, according to this, this is a, a story from WFAA here in uh, Dallas. That's uh, the local ABC affiliate. About 95,000 non-citizens are registered to vote in Texas. And more than half of those have cast their ballots in at least one election. 
according to uh, Texas Secretary of State David Whitley. His office, along with the the Texas Department of Public Safety, had been investigating possible voter fraud for the last year. Of the 95,000 non-citizens registered, 58,000 have voted in one or more elections since 1996. Now, I've already seen this being called a lie uh, Hmm. by the left-wing news. Oh, okay. But this, it comes from... It comes from the Secretary of State of Texas. So, I don't know how you can dispute that. 95,000 registered non-citizens? That's a problem. That's a problem. Yep. And so is this fact. caravan is on its way. Another caravan, of course. Not the same caravan that we were talking about six months ago. What are we up There's to There's another now? caravan. Half a dozen of these? I, have, I don't know. Good That's stuff. a lot. It's a lot. And this one grew in size to more than 12,000 as of Friday. 12,000. That's not a problem, right? No, 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 no. It's now heading to uh, Mexico's southern border, as I said. Mexican immigration <laughs> officials in the city of uh, Chuadad. I, I never know how to say C-I-U-D-A-D. Yeah, yeah I want to call Chua it... Chuadad? Is want, it Chuadad? I don't know, but I want to call it like Chihuahua Dad or something. Where's you know? Chris? Chris would probably know, right? <laughs> and he speaks Spanish? Uh, Chuadad Hidalgo, which borders Guatemala, are establishing procedures to expedite the process in which to approve one-year humanitarian visas for members of the Central American migrant caravan who are arriving Daily. Daily. The one-year humanitarian visas promised by Mexico's new president, um, Andres Obrador, is a newly adopted policy which allows migrants to legally travel and work during their stay in Mexico. Well, that's going to encourage more people to come. That's great. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Ollie, ollie, all come free. Well, we'll find something for you to do while you're waiting to get into the United States, too, uh, to make sure that you can wait it out. Because mm-hmm. uh, if you just wait it out, you know you're going to get in. So, so they haven't quite made it up through um, the skinny part, the Central America little part there where there's a country. Not yet. Um, mm-hmm. There's a country. Mm-hmm. There's a country that uh, you know has mm-hmm. a big city in it, and yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. Got a bingo. There's card a lot of here. countries between needs uh, help. Guatemala and the United States. I, I don't know to what there's you're referring. That little. There's like a <laughs> canal that goes goes through it. No. <laughs> I tried. Panama? You talking about the Panama Canal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm talking about the yeah. Panama. There's no. a big city around there. Panama City. It's um, hmm. it's kind of mm-hmm. near there. Um, <laughs> it's right there. It's uh, not really. And I do kinda... believe that the place you're talking about yeah, is yeah. actually south of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's close. It's yeah, up in there. Uh-huh. It's it doesn't it border. It isn't actually between. Okay, here just move and on. Guatemala. You're not going to help me out. I tried to say it without saying it, and you know. <laughs> no, it's got to come naturally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Can't be forced like that. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> the new policy of he's trying to obviously for those who don't know he's trying to get a bingo uh, square filled up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can get your bingo card. Uh, just go to Twitter at Pat Unleash. It's pinned to the top of his profile page, and I that was a first poor person job. to have bingo that calls triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three wins her choice from the. Uh, Pack race stash in the blaze. What is it? Blaze dot shop the blaze shop, dot com shop, shop dot the blaze dot the blaze <laughs> shop dot it's the blaze be a square. dot com. Pat messes up a website. <laughs> shop dot the blaze dot com. And the cool uh-huh. thing is, you type in Pat Gray, mm-hmm. and then and then all of the Pat Gray merch. 
Comes oh, that's, up. That's, that's hip, a cool right? Thing. When, when you say merch instead yeah. of merchandise? No, it sounds like baby talk. Stupid. <laughs> baby it's stupid. Talk. Oh. Uh, the new policy of <laughs> handing out humanitarian visas began January 17th in response to the new caravan of mostly Honduran uh, migrants who left their home country, headed towards the Mexican border. Uh, the original size of the caravan was about 2,000. Now, again, it's up to 12. Yeah, the more the merrier. It's up to 12,000. Yeah, I'm hoping they can get 20 or 30 by the time they get here. Oh, they will. Uh, officials put the new visa policy from President Oberdor in place to deal with the caravan migrants as an attempt to prevent them from traveling unaccounted for through throughout Mexico. Which kind of makes sense. Uh, officials say it will also prevent the caravan members from having to illegally enter Mexico from Guatemala by crossing uh, a river. Okay. So... Again, I mean, Mexico's looking out for Mexico. They don't <laughs> care what happens with us. They they don't care. You know, if you were to listen, in fact, to the El Chapo trial, their president in 2012 was working for the freaking Sinaloa uh, drug cartel to the tune of a $100 million bribe they gave him to look the other way and, and then just allow drugs to pour into our country. I mean, these guys, uh, they don't care. They'll do anything. They'll pay any amount of money. They'll pay what it takes. And, you know, they paid off a world leader. A hundred million dollars. They they know how to get their way. Uh, and so Mexico's in it for Mexico. If, if we want to stop this, we got to take it into our own hands. And that's why, to me, the wall is so important. At least it makes it a little bit tougher. It doesn't solve the problem. Nobody's saying that. But if you build the double fence or a wall, you put some sort of impediment there, and it's going to help. Helps in every case. 888 This portion of Pat Grand Leashed brought to you by Home Title Lock. A data breach just exposed 24 million more of us to title fraud. That's a crime that could cost you your home. In a second, I'll tell you how you can find out if you're already a victim. But if you have a mortgage, a refi, or whatever through your major bank, you may be at risk of losing every dollar of equity you've built up in your home, and you might even lose your home itself. This breach uh, gave scam- scammers everything they need to steal your home's title. They forge your signature as the seller. They refile your home under a new name and take out loans against your equity. It's really, really bad. And a fast-growing crime because it pays off so well. You get stuck with the payments and you don't even know until the late payments start to arrive or an eviction order shows up. Your bank doesn't protect you, neither does insurance or identity theft programs. So for pennies a day, Home Title Lock will put a virtual barrier around your home's title. You can check out uh, whether or not you're already a victim by going to HomeTitleLock.com and register for your free title scan and report. It's a $100 value. Free with your sign up. Visit hometitlelock.com. That's hometitlelock.com. Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, the good news is, though, uh, the socialists are coming to fix all this. Good. Yeah. Somebody. The socialists are coming. The socialists are coming. They're actually here, but. Uh, <laughs> But the socialists are here. Doesn't sound quite as snappy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does it need some work? Yeah, mm-hmm. 
We'll work on it. We'll we'll get maybe a jingle or something. Here come the Reds. Does that work? Uh, Here eh. come the Reds. That's not terribly catchy, but we'll again we'll work on it. It's early. Uh, so Kamala Harris is uh, is out campaigning already. Yeah, here come the Reds. She's officially <laughs> in it, as is Bernie Sanders. He, he announced over the weekend. Oh, he's that's in. right. Yeah, he's in. Uh, so they just keep jumping into this thing. Man, they they want power and they want it bad. And uh, you know, Ocasio Cortez would have announced already if she weren't just twenty nine years old. She'd be in it too. She would. Mm-hmm. She would have announced before she was inaugurated into the house, right, and started signing all those bills. She thought she was going to get to do. <laughs> I mean, it, it, this is the most amazing uh, campaign that's not even a campaign yet that I think I've ever seen because. These radical Democrats are proposing universal socialized medicine, universal socialized college education, guaranteed income and jobs, all Marxist ideas. Uh, They're proposing eliminating ICE. And then they turn around and say it's Republicans who are extremists. Republicans are out of touch with the American people. Republicans... I can't even push for a one percent reduction in spending. They can't even get they can't even get a budget passed. They can't call for a flat tax. They can't stop abortion funding to abortion mill Planned Parenthood. They can't propose we stop killing babies. They can't do the the the, the tiniest of minute details of what a conservative agenda would be. But they're the radicals. They're the radicals. I mean, they're asking in New York that, hey, maybe you rethink the abortion all the way up to the birth of a child thing. Maybe you just rethink that. Uh, One state had, it was Iowa. They proposed as soon as you can hear the heartbeat, you can't abort the baby anymore. Nope. Sorry. Unconstitutional. What? Okay. Uh, You're going to have to show me that in the Constitution. You're going to have to point that... uh, that article out for me because I can't imagine that. But that's where we are in America. And the Republicans lose these battles all the time. Like they're wait, I'm the radical? <laughs> you guys <laughs> you guys are essentially communists. And I'm the radical. Okay. I mean the stuff that Alexandra Ocasio Cortez was saying last week, uh, this is as radical as I think we've heard in American politics. Do we live in a moral world that allows for billionaires? Is that a moral outcome in and of itself? It's not. No, Um, it's it's not. not. Wait. It's not. And I think it's it's important to it's important to say that I I I don't think it's not it that necessarily means that all billionaires are immoral. It is not Mm. to say Mm -hmm. that someone like Bill Gates, for example, or Warren Buffett Mm -hmm. are are immoral people. I do not believe that. Right, because they're left wing people and they support you. And so, of course, you can't say they're immoral. Um, but, you know, like the Koch brothers, they are, right? Anybody on the right uh, is immoral who's a billionaire. So becoming a billionaire is immoral. Wow. Um, what dangerous rhetoric that is. Uh, anybody remember the rhetoric of uh, Vladimir Lenin when he took power? It was very similar to this. Same stuff. Same stuff, different time. I wonder if she's going to feel that way when she becomes uber wealthy, which she will since she's in Congress now. Yep. But I believe he kicks his 
dog. Right. Like yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that. Oh. But I do think a system that allows billionaires mm-hmm. to exist is pretty good. When no, there are parts of Alabama where where people uh-huh. are still getting ringworm because. Okay. Uh, how do you make that connection? Okay. So there's billionaires that exist, but there's also people getting ringworm. Yeah. <laughs> no billionaires ever got ringworm. I don't know. I, we'll have to look into that. I think it. I think Wait. you might be able to be a billionaire and still get ringworm. Wait, you looked at me like I should be googling. <laughs> has a billionaire? Ever All of that money, I guess, blocks ringworm. the ringworms from approaching you. I I don't know. Maybe you just stack it up around you as a defense <laughs> mechanism. Yeah. Surprisingly, nothing came back to has a billionaire ever gotten ringworm in my old Google search pad. <laughs> she butt stupid. I don't have access to public oh. health is wrong. And uh-huh. I think it's and the lemmings, it's wrong. The lemmings in, in the audience are maybe even more frightening than she is because you got all these people agreeing to this. Who are you people? Who are you? Mm-hmm. Are, is she giving this in Moscow or Beijing? No, no. She's, I think she was in the Bronx at the time. Um, she was at some American venue where the audience are just a bunch of sheep. That, uh, I, I think that it's wrong that, that a vast majority of the country does not make a living rate wage. I think it's, it's not wrong true. that you can work 100 hours and not feed your kids. I think you, you, What kind of crappy job is that where you work 100 hours and can't feed your kids? Yeah. Stop working 100 hours then. You might as well just stay home and take care of the kids. Are you kidding me? A hundred hours and you're not feeding your children? Yeah, you got to find a different line of work. You need a better job. (laughs) I mean, come on. And the vast majority of people in this country don't make a living wage. Even the Washington Post called that three Pinocchio. She she lied. Mm -hmm. She's a liar. And that's ridiculous rhetoric. It's just, it's madness. It's asinine. And even the Washington Post admitted it. Is that what you're thumbing through there? Yeah, I'm thumbing through this. Uh, so, that, three Pinocchios, when you earn that, it's a significant factual error <clears throat> indoor obvious contradictions. This gets into the realm of mostly false, according to the Washington Post. Um, it's all false. Mm-hmm. And it just says that it could include statements which are technically correct. Such everything such like as, such as yeah, based off official government data, but are so taken out of context as to be very misleading. It's a lie. It's a flat out lie. All of it. I mean, are there some people that don't make a living wage? Of course. Yes, and there always will be. No country ever, ever has, is now, or ever will completely eliminate poverty. And if you don't believe that uh, look at the words of Jesus. They're always going to be among us. Always going to be among us. Yep, and um, for many different reasons. Putting uh, Congresswoman Cortez, uh, she uh, she called out the blaze over the weekend on Twitter. I don't know if you caught Shit. that. Did you uh, see that when you were twitting around there? Uh, oh, Mister Twitter. I mean, uh, how could I miss it? Yeah, like uh, you know, what was the, what was the? You know, they do call me Mister Twitter. Right, that's what I thought. You figured so. you'd seen it since you, nothing gets by you on Twitter. <clears throat> so she responded to a Blaze TV uh, tweet. Yeah, so what was our tweet there? Our tweet was Socialist Congresswoman AOC claims the world will end in 12 years if we don't fix climate change. Yes, really. <laughs> <laughs> so she tweeted back, 
curious how the right is so quick to fact check clear rhetorical devices mm. to comprehend the real cliff we face in environmental disaster. Okay. Yet is oddly silent on fact checking the president's clear material lies about immigrants as children die in DHS custody without accountability. Yeah, it kind of bugs me that she did a W slash O and then used the zero instead of the letter O for without, but I digress. Um, no, so uh, AOC, that's cute. Uh, as somebody said underneath that, um, so you were <clears throat> lying about it being 12 years till the world ends? <laughs> it's just a rhetorical device? But um, they got to stop with their rhetorical devices and yeah, the climate yeah, yeah. change hoax. You got to stop with. And that. she's mad at the right wing media for for calling her out. I'm sorry. Uh, Washington Post called you out. They're the furthest thing from right wing. I'll have you know. So you're being called out by both sides. AOC. It's uh, it's also interesting that we're supposed to be fact checking. We, well, we do fact check President Trump all the time. Mm-hmm. She's called out the wrong people at the blaze because we do call out his BS. Mm-hmm. We do fact check him. Um, we do try to keep him accountable. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot that goes into this being silent about the immigrants dying in DHS custody. I don't even know what her point is. Did the president say that's never happened? Did he say it's uh, who know? I don't even know what he said right. about that. Um, but I, I love how if it's a ridiculous statement and she makes them all the time, then it was just a clear rhetorical device. That's all that was. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just spewing rhetorical devices. <laughs> okay. Maybe you should have told the audience that was cheering you that in fact, didn't they, didn't they go crazy over that too? They did cheer yeah, that. Yeah. Do we have that sound? If Let's play that because I think the audience went nuts and she didn't say, that's just a rhetorical advice, don't everybody. Don't get cheer. Calm down. Device. It's a rhetorical device. Calm, calm down, everybody. I didn't mean 12 years. <laughs> I meant 14 years. I mean, <laughs> you know, and they, as soon as 12 years comes around and we're still here, they'll say, well, I didn't mean exactly 12 years. I meant uh, it could be 12 more. And then when it's 12 more, then they do the same thing. They just keep pushing it back. They're just like the apocalyptic uh, preachers that say the world is going to end May 23rd mm-hmm. and then it doesn't. Oh yeah, uh, I miscalculated. Yeah. It's going to be October 2nd. You got to carry the one, Pat. You yeah. Know, you know yeah, this yeah. better than anyone. And then October 2nd rolls around and you're like, oh, I mean next year. I meant October 2nd of oh, next year. Gregorian calendar. My bad. So that's exactly the nonsense that, that we get from the climate change people. Um, it's <sighs> agonizing. But how about that? For at least the Washington Post to call her out somewhat. Uh, At least they didn't say it was completely true. That the vast majority of Americans don't make a living wage. Or that you can work 100 hours in a week and not feed your children. How many hours are in a week? That's 24 times 7. A lot. This is a challenge. It's more than 100. Just slightly more than 100. 168. 168. So... So, so if you got a hundred hours, that leaves you sixty-eight left over. I mean, divided by seven, how how many hours of sleep can oh, you get? Oh, now you're really challenging me. Now I don't know, like nine, nine and five sevenths uh, a day. So you let's say you sleep eight, which nobody does. Mm-hmm. Then you've got a couple hours, less than two hours a so day. So you went to, directly to bed you after, <laughs> you're after working, <laughs> and you got to eat after working right? for your tw- twenty hours a day. Yeah. 
the not now i mean you got it, about an hour in there yeah just to like you know yeah go vote for her i guess i don't know but uh <laughs> no, that would be like, you ever play the game The Sims, you know? And if you mm-hmm. don't let your Sim rest, he'll just fall where he stands and just sleep right there. <laughs> sounds like... Does he? Yeah, no, it sounds like, like what the AOC... Uh, That's funny. Uh, 100 hour a week at work plan is, you know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. 888 and uh, at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Let me tell you about the Cosmo Hurts Kids campaign. This has been going on for a while now, and I hope you're starting to realize that this is a real thing. Uh, Victoria Hurst is on this campaign and she's single-handedly taking on media giant Cosmopolitan magazine, even though her, her family, the Hearst Corporation, publishes Cosmo magazine. But she thinks it contains porn. I agree with her, especially when you read the articles. You know, the five girl on girl on girl threesome positions. You need to try immediately. Now, if you're okay with your eight-year-old girl watch, reading that, then... I guess you do nothing. <clears throat> if you think maybe that's not a good idea and they shouldn't have access to it, then you join the Cosmo Hurts Kids campaign. Because all she wants is for the state's material harmful to minor laws to be applied to Cosmo so kids under 18 can't buy it. It's that simple. Not trying to drive them out of business or take away their freedom of speech. Um, the only freedom that needs to be protected is, you know, like the tough five girl on girl on girl threesome positions. Uh, so... <laughs> Wait, there's five? I, according to Cosmo. Okay. Uh, anyway, she thinks we should take a stand against pornography being sold to kids under 18. I do too. If you agree, visit CosmoHurtsKids.com. That's CosmoHurtsKids.com. Watching me? Really? Is there like is she stalking me? Weird. It's weird. You want to stalk her? <laughs> no. Okay. Nope. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. And it pat unleashed on Twitter. Uh, drunken sailor tweets. Uh, we should just invade Mexico. <laughs> yeah, we tried that. Yeah, and we took- actually it was pretty successful yeah, too. We, and then we, we took what we wanted. Yeah, and we <laughs> gave it all back and just said, okay, we're going to keep this stuff uh, north of your border, and then we'll give you $15 million for it, too. So it's pretty generous. It's pretty generous of, mm-hmm. of a conqueror to do that, yes. Uh, Dusty-ass cracker tweets. <laughs> Pat and Keith on a Monday morning. Pat, you're stupid. Keith, you're stupid. Mm-hmm. Pat, no, you're stupid. Mm-hmm. Keith, no, you're, no, you're stupid. stupid. Pat, stupid. Yeah, so at that. least I got the last word. I think in. that's how the show started. Today. I got the yeah. last word yeah. in. yeah. Uh, Smirk and Steve <laughs> tweets, uh, I think this is Caravan number three. Yeah, possibly. It's like 300. It sure does. Right? Uh, Chicken Too Tasty tweets, <laughs> where's Jeffy when we need him? I think Keith needs a hug no, I don't. or some Sour Patch kids. No, Keith doesn't need a hug. And the only way I give a hug mm. to Jeffy mm-hmm. is he has to do something really dramatic like have a heart attack. Okay, well. Outside of that, no hugs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it is it easy too far? It's been over thirty days now. Is that too far beyond the heart attack? Oh yeah, yeah. it's a one and done. Man. Okay. I'm not giving him any more. Uh, Coffee lover M. Speaking of Sean Hannity, is there truth to the rumor he's a Scientologist? <laughs> That's interesting, Ivan. 
It's interesting. Is there a phone number people can call and talk about it, Ivan? Is there when can we take some calls, Ivan? When? What can we do? Whenever, whenever we do want. We, do we, we have calls that are on there now? Do no calls, calls yet. No calls, no yet. calls yet. yet. What number wow. do people call to get on the air, Ivan? Do we have that number? It's right there. <clears throat> oh, do I have the call number in front of me? Oh, no. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry. That's, that's interesting. 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 Do we have any calls yet there, Ivan? <laughs> no calls. Let's read some more about Scientology. Let's do Is Sean Hannity a Scientologist? A Scientologist. Alec Baldwin posing the big questions tonight here. Uh, do we have any calls here no. yet, Ivan? None. Boy, it's just incredible. Sure is. Sean, what? <laughs> you did say uh, chicken too tasty, and I just snapped my fingers and poof. And there was chicken. Chicken biscuit just tasty. landed right in my lap here. That's great. Uh, a tweet from Capsized Guam. Uh, hey, Pat. Petco is infringing on your show name. Whoa. Look Whoa. at this. Right in... Right in the advertisement at the very bottom oh. of their uh, coupons. Yeah. $5 off coupon. Petco Unleashed. Petco, that is eerily familiar. I'm going to own that stinking company I think in about a week. I think you need to make a phone call after the show. Lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Never have to work again. Petco Unleashed. Uh, from Oaktown Unfiltered, the people of Venezuela tell President Trump... That if the United States removes Maduro, they will personally build the wall. I believe we have a yeah, yeah, the video. These guys actual video. Can you, can you translate them since you speak Spanish? Uh, sure. Good afternoon. We tell Mr. President of the United States, Donald Trump, if you remove President Maduro, we will build your wall on the Mexico border. <laughs> and we will even paint it. That is great. Uh, that is awesome. You got to love those of course, guys. I mean, once you paint it, you know, now you're committed to keeping up that maintenance every few years. <laughs> those six guys yeah, yeah, yeah. from Venezuela could do a better job than the entire United States of America has done thus far. Hmm. They'll build our wall. I, I say it. yes. Let's Everybody wins. remove Maduro and haven't, let him do it. Haven't we kind of already helped so Maduro get removed by acknowledging yeah. Guado? And, and seriously, that was a so gutsy move I mean, on that, the part of Donald Trump. I mean, so we've done our part. President's and we, done his. We can balance a little of the criticism today that we've given President Trump for caving on the wall mm-hmm. with saying another, another uh, gibletish move. Giblet? Wait, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa, whoa! By uh, by actually endorsing the the other guy the opposition leader as the president of venezuela now and it encouraged other nations to do it and there's more on the way probably this week and of course uh russia sticking with the socialists. what do you mean it doesn't count robbing my ear of course it counts it's a variation is, of the word is giblets on this particular yeah so giblet ish yeah giblets is i mean it's you said it was a gibletish move yeah, by the president it's the root word so yes yeah. It counts. Thank you very much. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, and at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. You know what's amazing? I, I was just talking about the extremism, the radicalism of the of the Democrat Party. We've got a perfect example of Marxist principles in action as we watch the implosion of a major country, a country, by the way, that before all this socialism was the wealthiest. In all of the Americas, except for us, with the exception of the United States and probably Canada, Venezuela was the wealthiest nation in this hemisphere. And now, they've completely imploded thanks to socialism. 
Well, that's not really social. Shut up. Don't tell me that's not socialism. Of course it is. It's socialism beyond what uh, what normal, you know, like the European social. This is more pure socialism. This this should be the best kind of socialism, right? Per, per capita. In 1950, Venezuela mm-hmm. was the world's fourth wealthiest nation. The world's fourth wealthiest. Per capita. So who was ahead of them? Does oh, it say? You don't have that. Just... See, you shouldn't tantalize me with stats. Then I want to know more. Hang on. It's agonizing. It's agonizing. And we've watched it before our very eyes. It doesn't matter. We're embracing it wholeheartedly right now in this country. We're not, but the left is. Okay. They're loving it. 1950. Yeah. GDP per capita. Okay. Uh, countries compared. United States, number one. Switzerland, number two. New Zealand, number three. Venezuela, number four. Uh, that is unbelievable. Think of that. I mean, above Australia, Canada, uh, so France, it was, it, Germany. even beaten Canada. They were ahead of Canada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just incredible. And now what is it? It's a oh, pit. Boy. It's a hole. It's, it's, a failed, it's a failed nation. It's an absolutely failed nation. And that's exactly the, the blueprint, right? You, you yeah. take over a wealthy nation and institute your socialism and try to ride it out as long as you can. And look, it, it, it didn't And look last. how well it worked. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you start calling billionaires immoral just for trying to be billionaires. That's the system that makes billionaires. You're talking about a system. You're calling a system evil that allows people to see, succeed to that level? <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, it just it doesn't make any sense. It's a world gone mad, but you, you knew that before, even before the show started. So, uh, <laughs> Russ in Washington. Hi, you're on the blaze. Hey, hey, yeah, this is Russ. I'm glad to uh, get an opportunity to talk to you guys. You got off early this morning on uh, Trump because of mm-hmm. the think caved. Yep. But I think what's really happened is he's playing uh, her bluff. You know, Nancy uh, has been blusting all along that he won't actually declare a national security you know, situation and put the wall up himself. Mm-hmm. So now he's turned it back and put it back in their court, and they've got three weeks to come together and do something, but we know they're not going to. But at least this puts it real clear, it should anyway, in the American people's eyes that um, he's trying, and they're not trying at all. They just want to block everything he wants mm-hmm. to do. So, you know, the bottom line is that February 15th, he's probably going to declare a national emergency and build the wall anyway. Yeah, well, that would be a mistake because that's that's a dangerous precedent that we're not going to like when uh, in 2024 some Democrat is in office and declares a national emergency on climate change. That's that's not going to be good, Russ. (laughs) Times already, what's it, 76 times? You know, that there's been national emergencies declared. Yeah. Uh, it might have not have the exact number right, but, you know, understand it's, it's they're going to do what they want to do anyway once they get into power with the presidency, and they're going to try and do something on, you know, climate change. Yeah. Why should that stop us from taking care of the problem at the border? Well, because it's not the way to do it. Appreciate the call. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Russ. And I, and I, I get the sentiment. I really do. Um, I it might be the only way you could get a wall built. It's just not the right way to go about it. I mean, it's really shaky. You're on shaky ground doing that. And all 76 times, I I mean, I, I would probably be opposed to just declaring national emergency. Unless, you know, you're talking about World War II or the Civil War where Abraham Lincoln took some pretty extraordinary powers upon himself, but then gave it all back, which shows you what kind of man he was. 
888 Let's go to Brian in West Virginia. Hey, Brian, you're on the blaze. Good morning, guys. Hey. Normally, I, I like to agree with you, and especially on a Monday morning, but like uh, the last caller, I have to echo a little bit of his sentiments in the fact that I think a little too harsh on Trump. He was left in a no-win situation with Chuck and Nancy knowing they could care less about the American people or how it affected them. It's all about their power and their optics. And he and Trump owning the shutdown early, mm-hmm. he lost. He lost that footing. He it was bold for him to take it, but he lost anything being able to blame it on them when it was actually their fault for continuing it. Well, but it was uh, his. It was his choice to take the blame in the first place. Right. He said, I give agree. it to me. I agree. And, and that's, that's, again, I think a negotiation tactic on his part. You know, he's sitting there. He doesn't think forward the ramifications of three weeks down the road when these people are going without a paycheck. Yeah, oh, but that's, that's a that problem, isn't it, Brian? That's a problem. It is a problem, yeah. but I do think he cares for the people. As you got to admit, he loves this country. Yes. And he does really care about the people and connects with them in a way that, mm-hmm. you know, you, you wonder, well, how do these people follow Trump? Well, once they meet him, it, he is charismatic. And I think he was seeing how it was hurting actual people. Mm-hmm. And he, he had to take a, a reset. So now, after these three weeks, if Chuck and Nancy still don't uh, agree to a resolution or a bill, then it's in their court once he shuts the government down again. <laughs> uh, do you think he'll do that, or will he just declare a national emergency? I don't know. It, I, I hopefully, he'll take the advisement, because even when he does make these bold statements, he does walk them back on occasion when he hears that, mm-hmm. hey, this ain't the best way to go, because he does have some good people in his cabinet, and I've been pleasantly surprised. I've said before, I didn't vote for him originally, but mm-hmm. I've had, I have supported him quite a bit. Yeah. Since he's taken office. His so have we. Are, are opposite of these words. Yeah. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. I Yeah, and there's, I mean, he did work himself into that corner, though. Um, And, you know, either the guy sticks to his guns or he doesn't. And in many cases, he doesn't. He, he caved on, right before he caved on the whole process, he caved in on the State of the Union address, which the day before he caved, he said he was going full speed ahead with it. And then that night he said, nope, we're not going to do it until after the shutdown. Well, okay, stop saying these, making these declarations then. It's just, it's, he's losing credibility. And I think, you know, he's losing power in the eyes of the other side. It's emboldening them. They're being uh, enabled by his giving up on these things. They know if they just wait him out, they're going to win in the end. Listen to this. In 1995, President Bill Clinton declared terrorism and national emergency as a wave of Palestinian suicide bombings in Israel imperiled peace talks between the two sides. That executive order, 1995, still in effect today and has given more broad powers to presidents in fighting Mm. threats Mm -hmm. all around the world. Because we are still living in a state of national and, emergency. And a lot of people will applaud that. Yeah. They'll say, well, good. Mm-hmm. Good. And we but have, there's a process. There's a constitutional process. I can't find it here, but I saw somewhere where it said currently there are 30 national emergencies happening right now. Wow. Which just broaden power. 
Yeah. The 30 Yeah, Trump's wall would be the 32nd active national emergency. And that's what uh, I'll bet you <laughs> power a hundred dollars okay. in monopoly money. Monopoly money. That uh <laughs> whatever. That he does not shut down the government, but instead, you know, lets them do whatever they're going to do and then he declares a national emergency. He says we're building the wall anyway, and that's how how he'll do it. And that's just, it's a shaky way to do it. It's not, it's not ideal. That's for sure. Uh, let me tell you about a weight loss product that we all in this building, pretty much all of us have used at one point or another or still use. Um, it's, it was launched by a local company who produced a metabolite of olive oil. Olive oil, not only does it taste good dipping your bread in, uh, but it also helps to control your appetite and it boosts your metabolism. The OEA in it, it's a... It's a molecule that is good for the body. And there's a six-year study that's been done. It shows when you lose weight, your body thinks, oh, my gosh, we're sick. So better slow down the metabolism, pick up some fat here that we can live on for a while. Uh, (laughs) It's bad. So it slows you down. What Riduzone does is speed your metabolism back up and helps reduce your appetite. And between the two, plus helping burn fat, uh, helps you lose weight. And... Keep it off, because that's really hard to do sometimes. For a while here, longer, we still have a 30% off deal for listeners to this particular show. Just go to riduzone.com, that's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E.com, enter the promo code PAT, and you'll get 30% off a three-month supply. Riduzone.com. Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, you know, I, I can't think of a time when people have thought that, that a president, whether it be George W. Bush or Donald Trump or George H.W. Bush or anybody else, that when the supporters say, uh, this is just four-dimensional chess he's playing here, he's, uh, I've never seen it actually be four-dimensional chess. I don't, think I, I don't think I've ever seen that happen. People thought the same thing with George W. Bush on the immigration thing when he was caving into the left. And saying, yeah, we need a comprehensive approach uh, to immigration. And he was in Europe at one point in 2006, and he said, "We're not come back. I'm gonna, we're gonna, I'm gonna sign into law a comprehensive immigration reform." Uh, no, you're not. And fortunately, the Republicans didn't cave into that. But people called me all the time in Houston when I was there, and we were talking about this, and I was really upset with Bush for doing that. Uh, Pat, he's playing four-dimensional chess. He's just trying to rope him in. Okay. No, he wasn't playing four-dimensional. He was playing into the hands of Mexico. He he was he was just succumbing uh, to special interest groups. And then he took it even further by supporting brutal, vicious, illegal alien gang members. Mexico was opposed to being executed in Texas. And he sided with Mexico on that. Unfortunately, lost eventually, but was not playing four-dimensional chess. And I just fear Trump isn't either, but we'll see. We'll see. In three weeks, we'll see what happens. Uh, 888-900-3393. Jim, in Ohio, you're on the blaze. Hi. Good morning, Pat. How are you? Doing good. Hey, I I try to call. I just wanted to get through. I'm, I'm tired 
of framing the argument and not you just you know the media in general is framing the argument trump won nancy won somebody mm-hmm. caved we the american people are being damaged yes by the people you know what i'm saying and yes. you know there's there's millions of veterans that don't have health care that don't have a place to live that you mm-hmm. know that i heard an ad here in ohio there's 16 million american children starving right quote unquote but yet these politicians i'm 48 years old they've been arguing about this for as long as i've been aware of what's going on which tells me that neither side wants to fix it so we need to as the the electorate we need to vote these people out ted cruz and i can't remember the other co-sponsors have the bill for term limits of course they're not going to vote for it but bring it to the floor and find out who doesn't vote for it and then we need to vote them out regardless of what party we are in Uh and what side we're dug in on all of us are upset with the other side so let's do what we should be doing in the constitutional rights we were given and vote these idiots out of office and put people in they used to turn over the congress at a rate of over 50 percent now we turn it over at less than 15%, which means there's too much poison. People might go in with the proper intention, but eventually if you go on an island of lepers, you're going to catch leprosy. Really great. Uh, nicely put. Uh, tremendous point. Thanks, Jim. Uh, if we would behave that way as responsible voters, we could fix this situation. We just don't. But yeah, the term limit bill would be fantastic. And smartly, uh, Senator Cruz made it uh, put the date of actually when the term limit would kick in down the line of ways in the future so that you're not voting yourself out of office because that's the only way it would pass. So we'll see. Still probably won't pass, but uh, we got much more to talk about coming up. This is Pat Gray Unleashed. Pat Unleashed on Twitter from Steve. <laughs> Bush could barely play one-dimensional checkers, let alone four. Strategery. Uh, Sumi says, uh, declaring national emergency would only be met with a judge somewhere going against it, bringing about a waiting game that will change the public narrative. So true. Uh, Orson Welles' fishbowl. Uh, the yeah, but Trump and Trump derangement syndrome type two people are coming out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. Alabama ringworm rancher. <laughs> I didn't know there were ringworm ranchers. Well, it's That's a, great. I mean, it's a huh. it's a cash crop down yeah, there. They got to be tough to wrangle. <laughs> Venezuela was wealthy because they had immoral billionaires and people worked a hundred hours a week but couldn't feed their kids. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's probably what it was. I tell you. Uh Some good news, though. Uh, Hillary Clinton is telling friends she has not yet shut the door on running for president in 2020. (laughs) She could be back. Uh, And this time, uh, she's still crappy. Uh, I don't think they'll want her. Hasn't hasn't ruled out shutting the door. It's like a crypt with her. It's crazy. Uh, She's not ready to give up her Oval Office dreams yet. I mean, is this a woman that is in desperate, desperate, search for power wow she wants she wants to be the president badly mm-hmm. uh but apparently according to cnn's uh jeff zelaney he said she's not she's telling people she's not closing the door mm-hmm. on running <clears throat> can we close it on her uh i think we already have yeah that's a, bye-bye i'm told by three people that as recently as this week she was telling people that 
look, given all this news from the indictments, particularly the Roger Stone indictment, she talked to several people saying, look, I'm not closing the doors to this. Okay. All righty. Well, I'm sure you'll do well. Including the Roger Stone indictment. Did we play the arrest uh, on Friday? Because that was... That was on... How did CNN and... You oh, know, I bet. I have a theory. How did CNN know? Uh-huh. Right? How are they the only ones there? <clears throat> how is that possible? I mean, this is Trump's FBI showing up in full tactical gear. Crazy and you've got uh, CNN as the only ones who knows. Oh, I see what's happening here. It's a message to Trump all the way. Absolutely. That's what this is. Look at this uh, raid on Roger Stone's place. Breaking news this morning, the FBI has arrested Roger Stone, the president's political advisor. Exclusive footage you're looking at right now from CNN as the FBI arrives at Roger Stone's residence in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Armed to the teeth. Taking him into custody. We understand he will be arraigned in Fort Lauderdale later this morning, indicted on seven counts. One count of obstruction, mm-hmm. five counts of making false statements, one count of witness tampering. Yeah. Again, they arrived before dawn there, before 6 a.m., or just after 6 a.m. A dozen officers were told. A dozen. The FBI agent shouted, FBI warrant. Uh-huh. Uh, and you can see it all play out and Then they right shouted, here. open the door, and he did. This is just remarkable. It's all just right. remarkable That's, to it watch. It is remarkable you know, to watch. What? Yeah, how are you there? Listen to him pounding on the... It's like before six, the guy's in bed. Yeah. He did eventually show up at the door in his jammies, mm-hmm. brandishing a toothbrush. So good thing they came armed to the teeth, because well, who knows? Oh, all hell could have broken loose there. I don't know if that was on purpose, but it kind of worked out. They're armed to the teeth. Um, not only did CNN know mm-hmm. to have their cameras out front, yeah, but they also knew all of the counts, the specific, everything he's going to be indicted on, all this mm-hmm. stuff. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a specific phone call. Dirty. And for a guy who was being accused of maybe lying to someone, does that seem like just a tad overkill? Uh, it's standard procedure. It's standard procedure that 12 FBI agents show up with assault rifles at 6 in the morning with a guy who has just maybe said something that was untrue. Uh, okay. Mm. All right. That was a clear signal to Trump. Now, we're coming for you eventually. This is going to be the White House in a few weeks. Uh, so, amazing stuff. Yeah. And, amazing. Uh, what, Ocho Cinco lives uh, in the neighborhood there? Uh, Chad Johnson, former NFL receiver. Uh, got to see that as well. Yeah, he was kind of amazed at the crazy uh, stuff, we'll say, uh, that was going on in his neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Where is that story? I don't know. But yeah. anyway, yeah, uh, Chad Johnson. Lives, I guess he's a next door neighbor, which is kind of cool. A little bit of a disturbance in the neighborhood when a dozen FBI agents show up like that. So CNN and Chad Johnson, first to report uh, what was happening to Roger Stone (laughs) on Friday morning. (laughs) All right, 888-900-3393. Apparently Kamala Harris drew a bigger crowd than Barack Obama for the launch of her White House bid. Wow. She officially entered the 2020 freight yesterday with a speech outside Oakland City Hall. Um, her press secretary tweeted that more than 20,000 people showed up to see the event. 20,000? Thousands more were still in lines for overflow. Compare that to February 2007 when Barack Obama announced his candidacy. 
<clears throat> braving freezing cold conditions outside the old state capitol. Somewhere between 15 and 17,000 people showed up for his speech, officially uh, marking the beginning of his campaign. Also, when Obama held a campaign event in Oakland a month later, he drew between 12 and 14,000 people. Mm. Again, she drew 20,000 people, and there were thousands more waiting. I've started to hear the news wow. refer to her as Kamala Harris. Really? Yeah, that's annoying. It is annoying. I, mean, I, I hate it when they just all of a sudden midstream. Okay, now we're calling her something completely different. Yeah. No, it's sorry. No, you're, you're I'm not going to do it. Sorry. Yeah. She's I, don't care. I don't care how you pronounce your name. I don't care. I'm choosing how I'm going to pronounce your name, and it's Kamala. Right. If it was Kamala or Camel or whatever, hmm. should have told us that a long time yep. ago. That ship has sailed. <laughs> Kamala. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, thank you. Yep. I'm not going back to Copenhagen. Not going to do that. It's going to be Copenhagen. Uh, I'm not going to call it uh, uh, Kabul. It's mm. going to be Kabul for the rest of my life. I'm not going to play your game. How about Qatar? No. it's Yes, it's Qatar. Okay. Not Qatar or Gutter or Thank whatever you. they want to call it. No. Not doing it. What is the capital of Nicaragua? Uh, Managua. Not fun. <laughs> Told you. You can't, can't force it. Not fun. You can't force okay. it. 888-933-93. And then Elizabeth Warren over the weekend. Uh, apparently, you know, you got Kamala Harris, who is pretty far left. And then Elizabeth mm-hmm. Warren, who is trying to cover, I think, her her left wing flank. Mm-hmm. Because she knows people are, you, you got the Bernie Sanders of, of the world. So she's talking now uh, asset forfeiture for the wealthiest Americans. You, we, they just come and confiscate. Yeah. Your wealth. Yeah, she tweeted out a picture of... What? Of Daniel Snyder's yacht. Said, well, this NFL owner makes this much money and has this much... I'm sorry. Uh, Shut up. Who cares? Uh, What is your point? So, that's... I mean... I think it was the Redskins thing that got under her skin. You know, her being a Native American and all, and him owning the Redskins. How dangerous can this be, though? Seriously. we got to start paying attention to this and calling out these communists. That is communist propaganda. To, to try to throw rich people under the bus like this. This is really dangerous stuff. Yep. Getting into terrible territory here. And nobody seems alarmed by it. Yeah, and it's not just kooks of society gathering on a street corner in no, Portland it, that are doing it. These are elected officials that have the power to make laws that would do this. It's a U.S. senator who's running for president who, as president, could maybe push something like that through. It is Joe Stalin... Vladimir Lenin stuff. This is not American. This is anti-American garbage. And we need to stop these people. Somebody's got to stand up for the truth, for the Constitution, for the American way of life. But I think we've just been lulled into a false sense of of security. Ah, that's not going to happen. Don't worry about that. You know what? Those are the rich people. They got to come into them anyway. Yeah, they came for the for the rich, for the wealthiest Americans' property. And I did nothing because I wasn't wealthy. Definitely not wealthy. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody has now been removed as a best original film nominee at this year's oh Glad Media Awards, mm-hmm. following new ac- accusations of sexual assault and misconduct against director Brian Singer. The media watchdog told Variety 
exclusively, it's pulled the film from contention for the prize in a weighted decision that takes a stand for sexual assault victims. Singer has consistently denied any misconduct. He called the uh, story in The Atlantic about him a homophobic smear piece. Mm, that's kind of the angle uh, hmm. oh, Kevin Spacey took, right? Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. Hard to believe that Atlantic is, you know doing homophobic smear pieces, but <laughs> maybe. In light of the latest accus- allegations against him, Glad has made the difficult decision to remove Bohemian Rhapsody from contention for a Glad Media Award in Outstanding Film Wide Release category this year. That must hurt his feelings uh, in them immensely. It's still, as far as I know, it's still an Oscar contender, though, right? Uh, I haven't heard yeah. any update, yeah. It's, uh, as far as I know. And you really liked uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. I, I liked yeah. it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Uh, although. <laughs> Somebody sent this to us. <laughs> uh, this is kind of funny. This is the reenacted, or maybe this was filmed as it happened. Sure. <laughs> the pitch meeting for the Freddie Mercury biopic. Bohemian Rhapsody. Here's how it was sold <laughs> to the, in the movie? media executive. Well, we're going to start by exploring the night that changed Freddie's life forever. Oh, what happens on that night? Well, he went to watch this band called Smile, and after the show, he goes to introduce himself to Brian May and Roger Taylor, right? And they're like, dude, our singer just quit, and he's like, I can be your singer, and so... You know, that settles that. Wow, it is super cool to learn how that played out. People are going to be really interested in that. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Makes me really glad that I made it up. What? I said, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, but you made it up? (laughs) Oh, yeah, Freddie was already roommates with those guys when they formed the band or whatever. Oh, why would you change that? It's a biopic, not a documentary. Get off my back. (laughs) Feels like a weird thing to change, though. Oh, you're on my back, and I'd love for you to get off of it. Fair enough. (laughs) So anyway, then we're going to see his very first performance with the band. Oh, so we're going to see his struggles as a new musician and all the problems that come with the first performance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, he's gonna have to kind of struggle with adjusting the mic stand, but, you know, he figures it out. Wow, well, I'm glad he managed to overcome that. Same here. Things could have turned out very differently if he hadn't figured out that mic stand. And so then we're gonna see them go through the difficulties of trying to get their music heard. No, actually, that's gonna be super easy. Barely an inconvenience. Oh, really? Yeah, they're gonna sell their van to pay for studio time and pretty much instantly become superstars. Wow, that does sound super easy. Well, I kind of wanted to rush through the band formation stuff so we can also start listening to some Queen music. Oh yeah? Yeah, and so pretty much the entire second act is them figuring out well-known songs and then playing them to immediate success. What do you mean? Well, for example, they're like, we need a song that the audience can perform with us. And then they figure out, we will rock you, and it cuts to them playing it and everybody loving it. Okay. Or they're in the studio and John Deacon (laughs) plays a cool bass line and they figure out another one bites the dust. So it's gonna be them figuring out songs and then being instantly successful with those songs? Yeah, so that way we get to play a bunch of Queen songs, which automatically elevates any story stuff we put around it. I mean, it can't be that simple. People don't automatically think something's good because a Queen song is playing. Remember when that Suicide Squad trailer had Bohemian Rhapsody playing in it and everyone thought the movie looked amazing? Okay, yeah, I see your point. Yeah, so I think we're gonna be just fine. But they really don't face any resistance to their music? Well, actually, we are gonna have this record executive, Ray Foster, hear Bohemian Rhapsody and be like, nobody's gonna play this. It's six minutes long. Oh, so they have to struggle and try to get a radio station to play it? No, they immediately go to a radio station and they immediately play it and it's a smash hit. Oh, so the resistance they met on Bohemian Rhapsody was a conversation with a dude? Yeah, and they're gonna tell him, you will forever be known as the man who lost Queen. Well, and it's kind of funny that we're immortalizing this Ray Foster guy in this movie for exactly that. Right? 
I mean, he doesn't exist, I made him up. Oh, so the resistance they met on Bohemian Rhapsody was a conversation with an imaginary dude? That's right. Wow, you're making a lot of stuff up. Yes, sir, I am. We're essentially gonna recreate some Queen performances and sprinkle some lies in between. And how does the movie end? <laughs> well, everything's gonna kind of build up to their famous Live Aid performance, so the drama's really gonna amp up before that. Oh, what happens? Well, Freddie's gonna kick the band's manager out of a car for even suggesting that he start a solo career. Wow, that's great. That shows how committed Freddie is to the band. Exactly, and then a couple of minutes later, we're gonna have Freddie go to his band like, hey guys, I'm gonna start a solo career. Oh, we are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how do they take it? Oh, not well at all. The band's gonna break up. Oh, no. Yeah, and then Freddie's gonna get diagnosed with AIDS. Oh, no. So all that stuff is gonna lay the groundwork for how dramatic the Live Aid performance is gonna be. That is a lot of drama. Yeah, so Freddie's gonna have to apologize to his band to get them back together for Live Aid, and he's mm. gonna have to tell them that he has AIDS. <laughs> Riveting stuff. Yeah, and the band's gonna be like, Freddie, we haven't played together in years. It's kind of suicide to do it for the first time again in front of the whole world. Right, that's a good point. And then we're gonna mm. recreate that amazing Live Aid performance, and it's just gonna be incredible. Wow, and that Live Aid performance feels so much more amazing now that I know the drama that led right up to it. Right. Yeah, I mean, it really reframes the whole thing, you know? Makes it so much more powerful. Well, good. Makes me really happy that I made it up. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, none of that stuff happened that way at all. What are you talking about? Well, the band didn't break up, Freddie wasn't even the first member of Queen to have a solo album, and they were touring like a couple of weeks before Live Aid. Okay, well, it's still super powerful to learn about the AIDS diagnosis happening right before. Oh, yeah, no, that's not when that happened. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, by all accounts, he was diagnosed like two years after Live Aid. I have to say, you're taking a whole lot of liberties with his story here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, people watching are gonna be like, is this real life? Is this just fantasy? Uh, oh, I see what you did. Yeah. You got me to say it. Very cool. So you think it'll do well? Well, I mean, if we find an amazing actor to play Freddy, we really nail that Live Aid performance, and we have Queen music playing throughout the whole thing, I think we're all set. <laughs> nice job. Really funny stuff from uh, Screen Rant. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks for that. <laughs> and yet, despite it all, I loved the movie. Uh, it was great. Well, because they played Queen music. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah, good. I see that. Uh, 888-900-3393. <laughs> when was the last time you had your ears professionally cleaned? Have you ever had them professionally cleaned? If they're itchy, you got some pain, they feel plugged up, or you're constantly asking people, what? Huh? How's that? Pardon me? <laughs> uh, if these problems sound familiar, you could be like millions of Americans who visit the doctor to have a professional ear cleaning. You don't have to do that. You go to WaxRx. Use WaxRx.com and get the WaxRx system. It was developed by physicians. It's technology that safely and effectively removes earwax buildup. Then it soothes your ears with a pH-conditioned formula. And you can use it now without a prescription. No more expensive trips to the doctor. No more wasted time using other things that don't work. Try the WaxRx system today risk-free. Just go to usewaxrx.com. Use the offer code radio at checkout. You'll get free shipping. Finally, a real solution for stubborn buildup in your ears. It's usewaxrx.com. Offer code radio. Mean streets of Helena, it's Pat Gray, Unleashed. A couple of tweets here from a hopped up ham- hamster. President Trump isn't playing four dimensional chess. He's playing professional backgammon, <laughs> trying to break into the top 150. <laughs> He's got a waste of time. Yeah, well, good luck. Good luck with that. Yeah. Uh, TJ Toppin, I'm betting that Roger Stone would have gone to the FBI building if they invited him. No guns needed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm guessing that as well. Mm hmm. 
And in fact, I think we said that on on Friday. It's like, why didn't you just say, hey, uh, we need you to come down and turn yourself in? You think he wouldn't have done that? I mean, were they was expecting... Was he a flight risk? Yeah, was this like... It's like they showed up like a Waco action was about to take place, man. Yeah. Uh, come it's, on. Yeah. It's like he's running a, a compound or something with, you know, 150,000 guns that were inside. Well, he, he did show up with that toothbrush. Yeah, he did. That it's was dangerous, you know? And he brandished it. Yeah, he, yeah, He wasn't yeah. just holding it. He was brandishing right, it. Right, and if it had toothpaste on it, you know, that stuff burns your eyes if you get it in. Have you ever heard uh, how poison that is? It's the most toxic substance on earth because it had fluoride in it. <gasps> Talk to Alex Jones about that. Oh, my gosh. Talk to Alex. I they felt threatened when it. they came to the Pedophile dormant. government with the fluoride and the toothpaste and water and stuff. <laughs> stuff. I'll tell you. Uh, it's so bad, though, that even Jake Tapper got in on the act. Uh, yeah, usually Jake Tapper is a, a responsible journalist. Mm-hmm. And this isn't a huge rant. Just weird. Just a weird little yeah. aside that he throws in. Watch this. When but they're talking about no Stone. No one's going to cry if Roger Stone goes to jail or when he goes to jail. Mm-hmm. Um, but, he might like it. But yeah, he might. Who, Wait, who knows? What? Um, Wait. What in the what? world? What do you mean he might like it? Might are like are you it. saying that he's... He, what are you saying, man? What are you saying? Is that a prison sex joke or what? That's uh, inappropriate, to say the least. Uh, and beneath a good news guy like him. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Something that's not beneath a uh, host of a television show. Uh, Bill Maher was talking about the Covington Catholic kids. And this is what he specializes in. Uh, being... One of the biggest douches on the planet. And then other other times, he'll surprise you with something that makes sense. Uh, this wasn't one of those times. Here's I don't blame Bill the Mark. kid, the smirking kid. I blame lead poisoning. <laughs> and bad parenting. And oh yeah, I blame that f-ing kid. What a little crap. Okay, stop it for a second Smirk right there. face. I, how, when did this become okay? This is the same guy that had two or three of the Parkland kids on. Talking about how people were treating them so abhorrently. Mm-hmm. It's okay to call this an effing guy that is a... I, I can't even say the words and he's using. And it's a week after when all the facts are known that you're on the wrong side, Bill. Maybe he must have pinned this, this monologue unreal. last Friday after the show, right? Because it's every Friday night, right? And didn't have a chance to to use it. And he's like, oh, I don't care. I don't care what the facts say. I'm doing this anyway. Unless he's just ignored every fact that's come out since, which is so irresponsible and pathetic. And again, how is this okay to talk about teenagers like this? Since when? Well, since they had MAGA hats on. That's oh, that's when. See. Uh, he continued. <laughs> and bad parenting. And oh yeah, I blame that. <laughs> kid what a little crap jeez smirk face wow smirk face says and, and the audience loves it like that's not a d- move at any age stick your face in this elderly man and this smirking kid yeah, he says didn't he was stick just his trying face. to diffuse the situation but really you know what next time you get into a fight with your wife or your husband or your boyfriend or your girlfriend uh try that Try, try getting two inches from their face with a eating grin and see if it diffuses the situation. <laughs> yes? Wow. You ask me, this kid should have done what everyone does during a drum solo. Leave. 
<laughs> but mm. really, I mean, I don't spend a lot of time, I must tell you, around Catholic school children. <laughs> but I do not get what Catholic priests see in these kids. Oh, that's really funny when you joke about pedophilia. That's great. <laughs> that's a pedophile joke. <laughs> That's about as despicable as it gets. Wow. And all the all because he smiled at the guy? He smirked at, at the Native American, who, by the way, approached him, not the other way around, and started beating the drum in his face and chanting. Well, and really, that's the only thing Bill Maher is even, even accusing him of. He stood there and smiled, and for that, you get that kind of rage? <laughs> that's... It shows how unbelievably unhinged they are. And yet we're, we're, we're always the ones. We're the hate mongers, mm. mongering in hatred. Mm. We're the mongers of hate that hate mongering. Mm-hmm. We monger so much in hate that mm. we're mongerified. And, uh, <laughs> and you know how bad that can be. It's, t- oh, it's, it's unbelievable yeah, it's how mongered in hatred we are. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. We tell you about a data breach that just exposed another twenty four million of us to title fraud, a crime that could cost you your home. Fact is, uh, if you have a mortgage, a refi, or whatever through a major bank, you may be at risk of losing every dollar of equity that you've built up in your home, and possibly l- losing your home altogether. This breach. Gave scammers everything they need to steal steal your home's title. They forge your signature as the seller. They refile your home under a new name. They take out loans on your home and stick you with the payments. And then you don't know until late payments start showing up in the mail. And you're like, what? I, I haven't taken out a loan. Yeah, somebody did that for you. They, they took all the time and effort here. And mm-hmm. now you're just left to, to pay. That's Humpers. all. But I mean, and they did a lot of hard work. Well, not a lot. It took them about 20 minutes to steal it. If you don't want this to happen to you, go to HomeTitleLock.com. Get your free title scan and report a $100 value. They'll throw that in just for signing up. Get some peace of mind on this today. Visit HomeTitleLock.com. Pat Gray. Unleashed. Been following the Michael Jackson controversy that's going on. There's a four hour documentary that's being debuted at the Sundance Film Festival by two of his accusers who are now in their late 30s. And it's pretty bad stuff. People called, uh, it debuted over the weekend. In uh, Park City, Utah, Salt Lake City, and I think Los Angeles. And uh, people called it a horror movie. Because it's the revelations given here by these by these two guys. Who, by the way, said in court that nothing inappropriate happened. But I guess that's explained in the movie. But to listen to them and, and this documentary about what Michael Jackson did to them and many, many others, they claim, is pretty ugly incredibly chilling one of the things he did was exchange rings with a nine-year-old child bride 
in a creepy mock wedding ceremony at the Neverland Ranch. Then the kid's dad found out and uh, supposedly, allegedly, Michael Jackson paid him a million dollars to keep quiet about it. Wow. Uh, The story of how he manipulated them into believing it was a loving thing going on and a special relationship that they they could tell nobody about. If they did tell anybody, they'd go to jail for life and so would he. Uh, So... It's amazing stuff. The claim is that, uh, according to the lawyers of these two guys, Michael Jackson, over time, paid almost $200 million to around 20 alleged victims. $200 million. And I guess they have LaToya Jackson... On tape, talking about how she seemingly apparently believed it, and the mother apparently believed it. I mean, Michael Jackson's mother. So, boy, that's bad. Yeah, it's pretty pretty ugly stuff. He supposedly gave the young boys jewelry in exchange for certain acts that they'd perform. I really sad and icky and uh, uh, so creepy. That he was this manipulative. And, you know, because he was such a huge star, obviously the parents still have some culpability in there, but I guess they were taken in by him. He just seemed like he was gentle and loved kids and, you know, I'm sure bought into the thing that, well, he didn't have a childhood really because he was in music, so now he's living it out. So what's wrong with a sleepover? Although I (laughs) I can't imagine as a parent. No. Ever saying, I don't care who it is, I'm not letting you sleep over with him. I mean, it's as much as I know Glenn and trust Glenn, I wouldn't let him do a sleepover with my children when they were seven years old. And Michael Jackson, it's not like he had any kids living with him, right? His children right. weren't there. So you no. couldn't even, he, he wasn't even trying to even use it as an excuse. He was just like, no, come over. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, the parents are hard to understand in this scenario. Really hard. and But I guess, you know, there's a lot of film of him just hanging out with the parents and with the kids. And they're just lounging around the living room with the, their hair let down. And it all seems, you know, so uh, innocent. <sighs> and yet, it wasn't. And then, they, you know, they talk about how when, it, when they got to 14, they were too old for him. And he just dumped them. <laughs> Bye-bye. Went to younger kids. But he started them at like seven years old. I just so if this is true, it's uh, uh, really horrific. If it's not true, it's really horrific that he's being smeared in this way. There's a few of the Jackson family that are that have already come out. I think his nephew has spoken out. Said, "Do your research into who these two guys are, uh, and don't believe everything you see or hear." So, I don't know. Who knows? Who to believe? I I think I kind of, when he was alive, I kind of came to the conclusion he was asexual and probably just had him over and it was weird, but not, you know, like this. Now I'm not so sure. Mm -hmm. You remember that 60 Minutes interview he did with Ed Bradley? Um, In part saying this. How would you characterize your relationship with this boy? 
I've helped many, many, many children, thousands of children, cancer kids, leukemia kids. This is one of many. That British documentary last February, which you didn't like. Yeah, I didn't like it. You said in that documentary that that many children have slept in your bedroom. You said, and and I'm going to quote here, why can't you share your bed? The most loving thing to do is to share your bed with with someone. As we sit here today, do you still think that it's acceptable to share your bed with children? Of course. Of course. Of course, why not? If you're going to be a pedophile, if you're going to be Jack the Ripper, if you're going to be a murderer, it's not a good idea. That I'm not. That's how we were raised. And I, I didn't sleep in the bed with the child. Even if I did, it's okay. I slept on the floor. What kind of freak would think that's not okay? For a 45-year-old man to sleep with a 12-year-old boy children. Of course. <laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. Remember how creepy that was mm-hmm. at the time? Oh, it's very much more creepy In hind- hindsight, yeah, it's a lot creepier now. <sighs> I don't know. You, know. you just don't know what to believe in that. Uh, I mean, he was the biggest star in the world back then. He paid a lot of money. I... Think we knew what to believe back then? No. Nope. Did you? Did you believe? Yeah. You believed he was a molester? Yes. I okay. mean, wait. That, that sounded like Michael Jackson. Yes. yes of course. Of course, I believe. Of course. That. <laughs> I mean, of course. That's a big check to write. What, what kind of freak wouldn't believe? Yeah. That's so, horrifying. I'm sorry. Keith, sorry. Keith, that's horrifying. Well, it looks like I was right. That you would believe that, Mike. Hmm. <clears throat> Sad. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Let me tell you about Brickhouse Nutrition. It's a new year and time for a list of new resolutions that are probably broken by now. Especially if you include <laughs> eating healthier. Um, actually, I haven't started my you know full on eating healthier system yet, but no? I I plan to any minute now. Is that going to be with any kale minute. and broccoli and Brussels no, sprouts? That's no, how you're it's going do to this? include a lot of Field of Greens oh, from Brickhouse okay. Nutrition. All right. Uh, Field of Greens is a real superfood, and uh, you can see that right on the side panel because it says it has a nutrition facts panel, not a supplement facts panel, because it is real food. It's just in powder form. So they took all the icky vegetables and made them edible, sweetened them up, and put them in a powder form. So then you just put this in eight ounces of water if you want. It makes the water taste like Kool-Aid then. Or you put them into a smoothie, and every scoop is a full serving of real USDA organic fruits and vegetables. Take it every day for clean energy to fuel your body and just help you be healthier and happier. If it wasn't for this product, I would never get vegetables, never get green vegetables in my diet. I've told you many times, uh, I I like the starchy vegetables, you know, like potatoes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Potatoes are good. That's about where it Uh, ends, That's about, yeah, maybe corn. Okay, corn on the cob. I'll eat that. Uh, maybe a peas, peas from time to time. Okay. Not my favorite thing, but if they're, you know, the frozen kind or the fresh in the pod, mm-hmm. those are yeah, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Other than that, no, nothing. And uh, so this is the only way I get that, BrickhousePat.com, if you're like me and you just can't stomach them. Try Field of Greens today. You're going to love it. Get 15% off a month's supply when you use the offer code PAT. BrickhousePat.com. BrickhousePat.com. Offer code PAT. Of course. 
He's Pat Gray. He's unleashed, and he's on the blaze. Of course. Of course. Oh, Lord. What kind of freak would say otherwise? <laughs> and then you listen to his music, and you can't. It's kind of weird because you can't put that guy with the lifestyle and the voice, can you? When he's when he's singing the songs and dancing and performing, he's just such a different person, which I guess kind of makes sense. I guess I'm going to have to go back and listen to some of these lyrics now and uh, with different ears. Yeah, I wouldn't. Kind of afraid to. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. No, I don't think that's necessary, frankly. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to let it go. <laughs> yeah, just going to let that one Let it go. Ride. <laughs> let it go like we've had to let the NFC Championship game go. Just let it go. <laughs> okay. It's not going to... They're nope. not going to fix it. No. no. <laughs> the uh, NFL opposes a Rams-Saints do-over because it would cost the league more than $100 million. $100 million? What? What are you talking about? Yeah, they explain it. Does it sound reasonable? Well, let's let's all investigate that together. Uh, NFL Chief Financial Officer Joseph uh, Seclair said in a sworn affidavit that replaying the final minutes of the game between L.A. and New Orleans um, because of a bad call could cost the NFL more than $100 million because it would delay Super Bowl 53. Mm-hmm. I had to figure out the stupid Roman numeral thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like the metric system. It's, yeah, yeah. There's no way to tell what that is. <laughs> My youngest is learning uh, <laughs> Roman numerals right now. I mean, and uh, one of the questions was, uh, what's this number? And it was L-I. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's Super Bowl 51, the one the Falcons uh, choked away. Mm-hmm. So uh, thank you so much for that reminder there. Textbook, appreciate that. Mm. <clears throat> uh, and has anybody noticed we don't live in Rome? What are we doing with the Roman numerals? That's a fair point. <laughs> we don't, That's a fair point. You know, we actually have numbers now uh, that aren't letters. And seriously, so where do you use, use Roman numerals except for the Super Bowl and like movies? You don't. You know, the, the credits. You don't. That's it. <laughs> uh, the affidavit was the league's first response to a lawsuit filed by two Saints season ticket holders asking <laughs> a state court judge to order Commissioner Roger Goodell to either reverse the game's results or reschedule the game from the point of the no call. Or replay the game in its entirety. <clears throat> the filings also are also an attempt to move the case from state court to federal court, giving the league a fairer chance. The NFL cited a federal law that allows a defendant to automatically remove a state class action lawsuit to federal court when the parties are from different states and the amount of the damages sought exceeds $5 million. Okay. Okay. So, <clears throat> so they're saying it's going to cost us $100 million. If we have to screw with the Super Bowl date and all that stuff. I don't see how that's possible. Which, you know, they just played it yesterday, but had to do anything. They've, they've played a Super Bowl a week yeah. out before. Why couldn't, why couldn't they do They could have moved the, the stupid Pro Bowl and finished <laughs> the game and then play the Super Bowl next week. Yeah. As scheduled. They used to do the Pro Bowl after the Super Bowl anyway. It would take you, what, all of an hour tops to finish the game from the point where it... It went haywire. And I'm disappointed in you, 2019. I mean, I thought you were going to be crazier than 2018. And there are some signs that you are. You know, there mm-hmm. are. There's mm-hmm. plenty so far. This but isn't this, one of them, This would have been... This is business as usual. This would have been, yeah. This would have taken the cake right here. It would have been fun. If they would have just fixed that... I, I mean, all you have to do is go back to that point, finish the game, Done. And you know the the NFL would make money on that because you get to you'd get money for 
fans attending, for sponsors paying to be on the broadcast all over again. Yeah, you would have made up. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I tell you, man, a Brady Breeze match would have been pretty sweet, too. I I just I just think that would have made a lot of sense. But, of course, you knew it wasn't going to happen. Now I've got to figure out, do, I, you know, do you root for the Patriots or the team that doesn't, you know, shouldn't have been there? Well, uh, <laughs> maybe we get some help from uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, let's see, do we have... Uh, Daniel Radcliffe what? says that you... You cheer obviously for the Rams because uh, is Tom, Harry Potter? Yeah, Harry Potter guy. Yeah, the kid who played Harry. Well, he's twenty nine years old sure, now, whatever. so got it. Not a kid anymore. Uh-huh. But he lashed out at the New England Patriots and quarterback Tom Brady <laughs> for his support of President Trump and declared okay, that he's backing the Rams. Shut up! Take that MAGA hat out of your locker, he said during an interview. Oh. I feel like that was the moment when we were like, as a country, oh, come on, dude, you're awesome and we're behind you, but don't put that in there. Okay. First of all, what do you mean we're like as a country? You're you're British. Right. Shut up, you. Shut up. First of all, you don't even know football. You think football is played with your feet only in a round ball. That's your football. Go back to England. Uh, so, yeah, he he tells uh, Tom Brady to take the MAGA hat out of his locker. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's saying that his fans don't want to see that. Has he ever considered that, you know, his fans, Daniel Radcliffe's fans, don't want to hear this? I mean, you're doing the same thing Tom Brady apparently did. Mm-hmm. Uh, blowing off half of your fan base. This is the guy who danced around Dummy. naked on a stage, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, he did. In Radcliffe. And by the way, hmm. Tom Brady kind of backed out of his support for uh, for Donald Trump because he got did flack he? for it. Hmm. Yeah. Well, he first of all, he said it would be cool if Trump won in 2015. Then in 2016, his wife, of course, Giselle Bündchen, tweeted uh, before the election that she and her husband were not backing Donald Trump. A day after Trump won, Brady told reporters, I talked to my wife and she said I can't talk about politics anymore. I think that's a good decision. (laughs) Plus, he supported everybody taking a knee to protest police brutality. Oh, did he really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I mean, we don't need these Brits butting into American politics, uh, especially when they don't know what it is they're talking about. But they seem to. They seem to all the time. Yeah, that's true. We, How often do we intervene <laughs> that's true. in British politics? Are we ever like, all right, listen up, you, this Brexit thing? No, hardly we got ever. something to say. Never. Uh, and if we do, they just ignore us. So that's what we should do here, too. Yeah, yeah we should just ignore like them. that plan. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Ireland is once again... <laughs> oh, wait, this is a bad example. Yeah, trying to... <laughs> Trying to stick a knife in the back of Israel. The lower house of the Irish parliament <clears throat> voted Thursday to advance a bill to criminalize trade with Israel beyond the green line, a decision that was immediately condemned by the Israeli foreign ministry. They've tried this before. Yeah, they did. And, and Trump put a stop to it. Like, Said, yeah. look, yeah, you want to do that? All right. Uh, it's going to cost you, though, because uh, we'll have to take some action against you. And they dropped it. Hmm. 
So if it becomes law, it would make Ireland the first European nation to criminalize commercial activity beyond the 1967 lines, in, uh, including Jerusalem and the Golan Heights. Mm. The Israeli foreign ministry denounced the uh, legislation as pure hostility on the part of its initiators and deserving of full condemnation. That's for sure. That's weird how they've got... Ireland's got this thing for going after Israel. Yeah, I... Why would you even bother with this stuff? Why? I mean, that is going out of your way. Who's Yeah, who's putting any pressure on Ireland to not do business with Israel? And how much is produced beyond the 67 lines in the in the uh, West Bank and whatever, you know? I don't understand this. It is disturbing and disappointing that the initiators of Irish law focus on a hypothetical attack on Israel rather than focusing on the dictatorships that slaughter their <laughs> citizens. There you go. This is a clear expression of obsessive discrimination that should be rejected with disgust, according to the Israeli ministry. Yes. Nicely put. This is so weird. That's crazy. It would impose a fine of up to 250,000 euros or five years in jail if you're found guilty of importing or, or exporting any goods uh, to the Golan Heights or anywhere in the West Bank. <laughs> what? Okay, whatever. I mean, I hope Trump comes to the rescue again and uh, slaps him down with that one more time. Jeez. I mean, if uh, President Trump should set a news alert on his Google or something that says, you know, Ireland, Israel, boycott, and whenever an article comes up, oh, I got to call the Irish again. They're acting up. They're misbehaving. They seem to be uh, hell-bent. Obsessed. I yeah. think that was well said. I, I don't get it. 888 And then, you know, there's the abortion fiasco. Ireland just, didn't they just legalize abortion for the first time? Yeah. Last year, I think it was. Mm -hmm. So they can continue. They continue to go downhill. Uh, And meanwhile, Iowa, who's one of the best states on this issue. It's amazing what Iowa has been trying to do. They tried to pass. Well, they did pass a law in it when it was signed into law in May that would ban doctors from performing most abortions once a fetal heartbeat is detected. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I think so. Because... If it's if it's a beating heart, then it's probably not a spoon inside of the woman, right? It's if it has a beating heart, chances are pretty good it's not a lump of broccoli. It could be a drum. Mm. Could be yeah, a drum. that is the other thing. It could. Be. Yeah, you're you right. You might want to abort a drum that's just pounding away inside <laughs> of you. You know. But who's playing it? Uh, and is the drum beating itself? It's you know, blood flow moves mm. the drumstick. Okay. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so a uh, fetal heartbeat can happen as early as six weeks into the pregnancy. And that's before many women even know they're pregnant. However, there's a heartbeat there. That's a human being inside now. Okay. So it's not just the woman's body. You're talking about somebody else's body in there as well. Well, Polk County district judge, Michael Hubert wrote in his decision, striking down the law that its defenders didn't identify a compelling state interest in barring most abortions after a fetus's heartbeat can be found. Wait, it's not a compelling state interest to say, yeah, we want to save people from being killed? <laughs> what? I, I just... Uh, <laughs> what? 2019 is... Uh, uh, it's just crazy. Trying hard. Uh, the This bill 
will be the vehicle that will ultimately provide change and provide the opportunity to overturn Roe v. Wade, State Senator Rick Bertrand said uh, during a floor debate last year. There's nothing hidden here about the agenda. They want to overturn Roe v. Wade. Good for them. They're just stating it. And and we should. Abortion rights advocates uh, this week praised the judge's decision to strike down the law, of course, 46 years to the day after the Roe v. Wade decision. Today's ruling is a victory for every Iowan who has ever needed or will need a safe, legal abortion. Planned Parenthood of the Heartland Medical Director, Dr. Jill Meadows, said, We are pleased that especially today, on the 46th anniversary of the landmark decision, abortion care was upheld as a safe and legal part of basic reproductive health care. Yeah, and I'm sure this hmm. judge was fair and impartial. The fact that he held his ruling until the anniversary of Roe v. Wade to make his ruling, his case known. <laughs> Complete coincidence. It's just, oh boy. Look I'm how sure he wasn't fell. even aware. Uh-huh. I bet he wasn't even aware. So he sounds like a, like a good man to have on the bench. Again, the Planned Parenthood thing is so incomprehensible to me. I don't understand what the deal is with the protection of... Uh, let's say it went completely out of business. Let's say, you know, the hating hate mongers who hate <laughs> got Planned Parenthood completely shut down in every city all across the country. So the women haters. Yeah. Okay. yeah. The women haters win. Okay. So does women's health care suddenly dissolve at yeah, that point? Then it just vanishes There's just overnight. nowhere else to go for sudden, free or yeah. low-cost health care. Nobody else can do it. Yeah, yeah, because then you just have women just... Dropping dead wherever they are. All the America. mammograms they weren't doing. Gone. Done. Uh, they're gone. <laughs> they're still not being done. Yeah. Yeah. So you got nobody to tell you where you can go get a mammogram. There's no Google is not available to pregnant women. Uh, the phone book is not available to pregnant women. In fact, the only um, doctors mm-hmm. that specialize in the female body and preventative care um, are all directly associated with Planned Parenthood. So they have no affiliations. Oh, like, wow. And you will not know how to find you them. Won't. You and won't. And that's a tragedy that we should. So all that health care that Planned Parenthood does and does so well, so critically well, um, is just not done. And then there's piles of dead women all, all across the country. So we can't have that. <laughs> so <laughs> Got to do this, please. Please the, the do obs- that story. The obsession please with. Please do that story. This one? Yeah, that's important right there. People got to know this. Uh a Republican state senator is seeking to ban the practice of dwarf tossing in Washington state because it demeans and exploits those of small stature. <laughs> is that like a really prevalent practice in is Washington? Is that something that happens a lot? Come on. Apparently it started in Australia in the 80s. Usually takes place at a bar or pub. <laughs> Drunken revelers compete uh, who can throw a dwarf the furthest. <laughs> but the dwarf is consenting. I mean, it's a human being that is consenting to this. But he says there's nothing funny about dwarf tossing. Uh, well, it ridicules he, and demeans people with well, dwarfism. Well, then he's blind. But that's uh, funny. are they agreeing to do it? Or are they yes. being dwarf tossed against their no, will? No, there's no dwarf uh, tossing against your will. <laughs> <laughs>